This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Promised, help is on the way. And today, help has arrived. Nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. All right, people, it's December 7th, 2022. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. We are back live as usual. I apologize for no live shows. Uh, The last two days I was uh, away doing some family stuff. Actually had my nephew's bar mitzvah in New York over the weekend. Uh, They did not play any Kanye during the bar mitzvah. A good time was had by all. Uh, And then on Monday, I was in Washington, D.C. I was giving a talk to the newly elected congressional Republicans about messaging and social media and a bunch more hint. I said, be more like Florida. Uh, That was the main message. Uh, And before we get to anything today, you may note that my voice is a little more hoarse or something, a little more twangy, twingy, a little bit of a frog in there. Uh, It turns out that yesterday when I returned back to the free state of Florida, with the dewy, sweet, humid air that is here, uh, after being in New York and D.C. with the crackling, cold, dry air. My throat was a little itchy, scratchy, whatever. The voice was a little off, which I thought was just uh, because I was having a blast with the family and yelling and dancing all night and sweating up the storm, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I got home because I wasn't 100%, and we have two babies here. David said, why don't you take a COVID test? I took the COVID test. It came back positive pretty quickly. Uh, So I do have COVID. That's right. We're doing a COVID show. Uh, I said to my guys last night, I said, guys, just FYI, I've got COVID. I'm not pressuring anyone to come into work is what it is. You know, I think at this point, it's just like a little cold or a flu, but you know, I want to be respectful of my guys. I don't force them to get vaccinated and I don't force them to be in a room with me if I have COVID. Uh, And to quote them directly, I I wrote it down what you both said when I said, uh, you know, if you want to come into work. Connor, you said, I laugh in the face of death. And Phoenix, you said, screw you, old man, which I thought was very, uh, that's how much these people love coming to work. So we are in here. Clyde is in here with us today. Uh, And mostly I'm just going to be spending, it's a beautiful day in Florida. It's about 75 and sunny. I'm going to be hanging out in the backyard. I'll hit the gym for a little bit, maybe do some swimming. I'll shoot some hoops. I'm going to survive. Oh, and more important than anything else, you don't have to worry about me. You really don't have to worry about me, folks. I'm unvaxxed. I'm unvaxxed. I'm unboosted. I'm pure blood. I'm good to go. I'm going to be okay. I'll drink some water. There's a little lemon in the tea. It's going to be all right. Everything's fine. Anyway, we got a big show for you. I'm glad to be back in studio. Mostly what we're, we're going to catch up on a couple things uh, that happened over the last few days. Uh, the big thing, of course, was I believe it was on Friday night. These Twitter files dropped and Elon, Elon now has access to all of the nonsense. And that's why the machine is crashing down on him, right? That's why every day New York Times and Washington Post and CNN and all the usual suspects, that's why they're writing hit pieces on Elon Musk every day now. That's why the government is looking into his businesses, because he now has all the files. 
Did the government coordinate to get rid of the Hunter Biden laptop story? Well, we've got some evidence now. Did the government coordinate to eliminate certain people who were saying things out of the narrative or against the narrative when it came to COVID? Well, we've got some evidence now and we're gonna get more and more evidence uh, and you're gonna watch the machine, right? We've, we've seen this many times. How does the cancel machine swarm on people? Just remember a couple months ago, Joe Rogan, remember that week when he was racist because he said the N-word years ago and there was everybody talking about how he had to get booted from Spotify? That's the exact same thing the machine is doing on Elon now, except it's a little trickier to stop the world's richest man who has been pre preparing for this for quite some time. Anyway, I'm gonna connect that to a million other things. I have to say, despite having this debilitating disease, I'm, I'm feeling very sharp today, guys. Are you both feeling... You're feeling sharp, like we can do a good show today? All right, very exciting. Uh, and then of course, we're gonna end with some, uh, some ways out of the madness because I really do believe that there are ways out. Before we get to any of that, let me talk to you guys about Tommy John. You know, fall is chaos in your pants. You're overheating one second and freezing the next. To be ready for anything, you need underwear that can handle everything. It's time for Tommy John underwear. In Tommy John underwear, you're that much more comfortable so you can do everything better. Tommy John's breathable, lightweight fabric has four times the stretch of competing brands. They come with a no wedgie guarantee thanks to a non-rolling waistband and legs that never ride up. Plus they feature a horizontal quick draw fly. Hammock pouch support stops the awkward swing and slap, giving everyone something to be grateful for. With over 18 million pairs sold, people love Tommy John underwear. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. Plus, everything's backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Go to tommyjohn.com slash Ruben right now for 20% off your first order. 20% off at tommyjohn.com slash Ruben. tommyjohn.com slash Ruben. Seaside for details. And now back to me. All right, so let's just dive right into it. I think I'm going to be catching you guys up on a little bit that I missed over the, over the two days. Uh, but, you know, more info is dropping on this, on this Twitter leak. This Twitter files drop every second. Uh, so let's just get caught up. Here's a tweet from Elon Musk himself. What really happened with the Hunter Biden story suppression by Twitter will be published on Twitter at 5 p.m. Eastern. That was on December 2nd. So that was on Friday. And now we've got some info from the Daily Wire. Twitter CEO Elon Musk released internal company communications through journalist Matt Taibbi on Friday about the company's censorship of the New York Post's Hunter Biden laptop story during the 2020 presidential election and about how the platform removed content at the behest of the Democrat party. Contained in the batch of files, which Taibbi released in a lengthy Twitter thread, was an email from former Twitter Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker about how the company should handle the Hunter Biden laptop story. I support the conclusion that we need more facts to assess whether the materials were hacked, Baker said in the email. At this stage, however, it is reasonable for us to assume that they may have been, and that caution is warranted. There are some facts that indicate that the materials may have been hacked, while there are others indicating that the computer was either abandoned and or the owner consented to allow the repair shop to access it for at least some purposes. We simply need more information. Taibbi failed to mention in his initial release that Baker, and get this, I mean, this is wild, guys, was the former FBI general counsel involved in Russia-related investigations into former President Donald Trump. And then this guy ends up working at Twitter. The next installment of the Twitter files was supposed to happen over the weekend, but became delayed for a reason that was known at, unknown at the time. 
Taibbi now says that the reason for the delay was that it was discovered that Baker was responsible for vetting the files that were released to him and journalist Barry Weiss. Musk immediately fired Baker upon learning the news. In light of concerns about Baker's possible role in suppression of the information important to the public dialogue, he was exited from Twitter today, Musk tweeted. Baker is a controversial figure. He has been something of a zealot of FBI controversies dating back to 2016 from the Steele dossier to the alpha server mess. He resigned in 2018 after an investigation into leaks to the press, Taibbi concluded. Okay, so do you guys get, let's put aside the content of the leaks for a moment, right? Because I think most of us, whether Elon had released this stuff or not, most of us at this point, if you are a somewhat thinking person, if you've got a couple neurons firing in your brain and you're not just a generic NPC, we've all known that there was some level of, the, of coordination between the government and big tech when it came to the Hunter Biden laptop story. And certainly, and I think we're gonna find out more about this, related to COVID. What really is the crazy part of this is this Jim Baker piece. You have this guy who worked at the FBI, who stepped down, was involved in the Steele dossier, somehow ends up at Twitter, and he's the guy vetting the releases as Elon's putting it out. Then as Elon found out about that, he immediately fires him. Like this, if this was a, a, a mystery movie, you'd almost think it was too obvious. Of course the FBI guy ends up working at Twitter. Like it's just, it's just too obvious, it's wild. Uh, anyway, Glenn Greenwald, Glenn Greenwald, who is a lefty. I know he goes on Tucker a lot. Now people think he's a crazy right winger, but he's a lefty. Uh, he went on Tucker to discuss uh, what's going on with, with this level of strange coordination that seems to be happening between big government and big tech. How did Jim Baker from the FBI wind up the general counsel of Twitter? There are a lot of lawyers in this country, a lot of capable lawyers, but you hire the FBI lawyer at the center of Russiagate? I mean, that seems like a means of control by a government agency over a social media company to me. The tentacles of the U.S. security state are in almost every single institution of authority and power in this country. I still find it mind-boggling how it used to be controversial. The CIA would have programs to clandestinely influence news outlets. Okay, so they obviously continued on that, but you, I just wanted to play that small snippet because this is really incredible stuff. An FBI lawyer was working at Twitter. Do you, do you really understand that? And then was vetting the releases as they came out. God bless Elon Musk. The second he found out about it, he fires the guy. But this is crazy, crazy stuff. And what I really think, look, the Hunter Biden laptop stuff, I, I don't care about Hunter Biden smoking crack on a webcam or banging hookers or whatever, snorting cocaine off the floor when looking for cheese or whatever he said he was doing. I, I don't care about that stuff that much. Like that's, people have addictions. People have, people do all sorts of things like, I'm libertarian mostly when it comes to drugs, although I don't think he should be smoking crack. However, his business dealings, emails to his father about money going to the big man, and how did he get this crazy job at Burisma? A guy who was a crackhead who had no experience in the energy sector. Like, these are things that are important. The fact that Jim Baker at Twitter was basically implying like, oh, we don't know if this was hacked or not, when there was no evidence that it was hacked, right, from beat one. Everybody was saying that Hunter dropped the laptop off at the repair shop. That's what the repair shop owner said. That's what Rudy Giuliani, who eventually got the laptop said. And then of course the FBI starts looking into Rudy. So there's something really, really nuts here. And what I think this really leads to beyond the corruption related 
to Burisma and Ukraine. And not, not to say that's not important because we're in this war, not war with Ukraine, and it feels like these things are somewhat connected and there's some weird money laundering thing going on there. Okay, fine. To me, the, the much bigger fish in this thing is what did the government do related to COVID when there were those of us who were saying maybe this was a lab leak or there were those of us that were saying that vaccine mandates were coming or that vaccines don't work as promised or maybe that we should have more clinical trials or maybe that you shouldn't kick kids out of school and lock people down and there's gonna be second order effects and all of that stuff. If the government was stepping on our free speech related to that, well, then there's something really, um, it's deeply important and it's deeply important because if we don't figure out what happened, if we don't realize that, boy, there were some people that were right about some things and they were treated really horribly and people who were horrible about things and wrong about things were treated really well, we'll never get to reconcile what happened. And maybe, maybe that's what the system wants, right? It wants this endless, nonsensical, time-release truth situation where everyone will eventually get tired of saying the truth because you won't get any credit for it, right? You, you will be treated like a freak for it. Uh, I can give you a personal example of that. Uh, you may remember me. Dave Rubin, your humble COVID-having YouTube host, uh, back in July of 2021, uh, here is what I tweeted. Uh, the tweet, you can look down below. Is my, well, here's my tweet from yesterday because I referenced it. I said, now that we have some insight into the Hunter laptop coordination, just imagine what Elon Musk is sitting on related to COVID. I was suspended in July of 2021 for saying vaccines don't work and mandates were coming. Was this coordinated by someone in the government? So the tweet that I was suspended on Twitter for in July of 2021, and it's hard to remember that year and a half ago, how different things were, because uh, this was before federal vaccine mandates and before they were forcing boosters and everything else. I said, they want a federal vaccine mandate for vaccines, which are clearly not working as promised just weeks ago. People are getting and transmitting COVID despite vax. Plus now they're prepping us for booster shots. A sane society would take a pause. We do not live in a sane society. I was suspended for that. Um, Ultimately, I was able, because I have locals, thank God, I was able to communicate with my audience. They were then able to amplify the message. And then Twitter did actually reverse my suspension. They said it was an accident. But the question is, when it comes to that tweet, or, or literally thousands and thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands and millions of others, did someone at the, from the government, from the intelligence agencies, whatever it might be, contact someone at Twitter and say, this information cannot get out there now, you must delete it. And if they did, and I think there's a high likelihood they did, then in this case, my First Amendment rights were violated. Now, I've actually spoken to a couple lawyers about this. There's not much you can do about that. Like if the government infringes on your First Amendment rights, like it's hard to put a monetary value on that. You might be able to get an apology out of them. That would be something, right? The government actually admitting what it did, making sure that the, other, the people that uh, were at Twitter uh, are held to account for their involvement in this, that the people in the government, maybe they can get fired. Like that's something. I'm, I'm not sitting here like, I want a million dollars from the US government because of my tweet. But there is something to all this. And, and the point is, I was right. That, that's what I'm trying to show you. And I'm not trying to make this about me, but there were a lot of people that were right about a lot of stuff, stuff and we were treated very poorly by, by, certainly by the mainstream media and by big tech, big tech and everything else. Now I wanna show you how perverse, when, when, when the truth is hidden, what happens? Lies expand everywhere and then that actually helps people get elected. Two months after that, in September of 2021, you may remember there was a recall 
in California for Gavin Newsom. And then there was election about the recall. Now the recall did not go the way I wanted, obviously. And Larry Elder did not become governor of California. But I wanna show you this ad that was put up. It was blasted nonstop in the summer of 2021 and into September, right up to the recall. This is Gavin Newsom's attack ad on Larry Elder talking about vaccines and mandates and a whole bunch more. And you'll see at the end, just watch really close at the end when you see the text. It was funded by Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, just as an interesting little uh, tidbit to the story. All right, take a look. What's at stake in the September 14th recall? It's a matter of life and death. With Delta surging, Gavin Newsom is protecting California, requiring vaccination for health workers and school employees. The top Republican candidate, he peddled deadly conspiracy theories and would eliminate vaccine mandates on day one, threatening school closures and our recovery. Stop the spread. Return your ballot or vote in person by September 14th. Protect California by voting no on the Republican recall. Do you see what I'm trying to show you there? So they call Larry Elder, uh, well, he's, a dead, he's spreading deadly conspiracy theories because he doesn't want vaccine mandates or mask mandates. Now, California doesn't have them right now, although I'm being told just in the last day or so that LA is thinking about bringing back uh, mask mandates and good luck with that. You want the freaking masks on again? Good, good, you people have them, but uh, I'm done with you guys. Okay, fine, that's what you want. You voted for it, have at it. Uh, but the point is that two months after someone like me tells the truth, mandates are coming, boosters are coming, vaccines not working. The reason I wrote the line specifically, vaccines are not working as promised was because it was only a month or so after Joe Biden very publicly said, if you get the vaccine, you will not get nor transmit COVID. So the point is there are people who tell the truth, you get censored for it, perhaps even by the government. We now know that. And then people who lie, and take your rights away and demand you get injected or demand you get fired from your job if you don't follow what they want, those are the ones who get re-elected. And then how do they get re-elected? They get re-elected because people like Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, which most of you have and pay money for, pour tons of money into getting an evil lizard person like Gavin Newsom recalled. You see how I feel about this whole thing? This is just the beginning, people. We've got a big show for you. Uh, let's talk about Moinkbox real quick. Uh, you know that 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese, and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. There's a better way. I'd like to tell you guys about Moink. That's moo plus oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did. And as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste and you can feel good knowing that you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops and salmon fillets and much more. Plus you can cancel any time. My favorite is their filet mignon. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever had. And Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Plus, they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got Moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. But for a limited time, that's M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben, moinkbox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right. Uh, so how is the media reacting? How is the corporate press, which 
was all about people getting fired and all about people getting censored and all about people complying and not all about people protesting and not all about people exercising their free speech. How are they feeling about this, this leak right now? How are they feeling about the fact that we know that an FBI lawyer was censoring documents that Elon Musk was trying to release to the people. He's going around mainstream media. That's what this is really about. What the side story to all of this is not just the information that we're learning about the coordination. The side story is that Elon did not release the Twitter files to CNN or to the New York Times or to Washington Post or even the Wall Street Journal. He released it to Matt Taibbi, who is an independent journalist. He released it to Barry Weiss, who is an independent journalist. By the way, they both happen to be left-leaning. Taibbi, I, I think now he's kind of coming around to this side, let's say, uh, but he was a huge, huge progressive lefty five, six years ago. And Barry, you guys know I have certain frustrations with her, but she's still basically a lefty Democrat. Like I would argue very muddled and confused about all the issues. It's not like he brought the information to crazy freaking Ben Shapiro and Glenn Beck, right? He gave it to lefties. But the point is, it doesn't matter who he gives it to, they're gonna try to take him out because he didn't give it to them. Uh, here's CNN's Christine Romans saying that, nah, this stuff, this, that's not a big deal. Wait, wait, what do we, wait, look somewhere else. Now, what some want you to think is that this was censorship by big tech, and that's why the president is saying you should throw out the Constitution because big tech is in cahoots with American democracy. That's what the president thinks. But what it sort of shows is a real struggle at an important platform for how to deal with something so outrageous, so explosive, and, and what to actually do with it. Uh, what Pointer said, which is a, a media watchdog group, they said, um, file this one under, file the Twitter files under M for meh. And the Washington Post said there are no, no smoking gun here. God. So this lady on CNN basically says this is nothing. And then she refers to a website, Pointer, which is a media watchdog, which no doubt gets lefty money. Like, it's just obvious. And what are they saying? Ah, it's not much. What's Washington Post saying? Owned by another billionaire, right? What are they saying? Ah, man, nothing to look at. Do you guys think it's nothing to look at? But man, they can confuse you about everything. So the average person, and we just have to accept that, you know, these people, I don't want to get rid of them. I don't want to silence them. I don't want to take away their voting rights or kick them out of the country, but we have to, ex we have to accept, and I think the last election is proof of it. We have to accept that a certain amount of people just buy the state line. They just are non-playable characters. That's the NPC meme. They just, if they hear something, that's how it is. Mainstream said it, so that's how it is. Sure, six months later, two years later, you know, 60 Minutes will acknowledge that the Hunter Biden laptop is real after uh, they told Donald Trump to his face that it's not real and they can't cover it. But that's all right. And that's why I keep saying the truth is a time release pill these days. That's what we're finding out. But what the mainstream media does is they make some people look like heroes when they shouldn't, but if it fits the narrative, they do. They take bad people or they take good people, they make them look bad. They take bad people, they make them look good. A great example of this, if you want an example of this. Remember Mike, uh, you remember, uh, not Michael Steele. Uh, wait, are we doing Michael Steele first? No, we're doing the other one first, right? I think you jumped ahead of me one here. Oh, we're gonna do Michael Steele, okay, sorry. Could that be COVID brain? Did it just, did it just kick in at that moment? Uh, a good one of these is former RNC chairman, Michael Steele. Michael Steele, uh, you guys may remember, he was, former, he was the RNC chairman a couple of years ago. Now he's on MSNBC all the time, just talking about how bad Republicans are. You'd think he would still have some ability to defend free speech, 
as maybe someone pretending to be a Republican, but no, it's not really working. I guess with Musk is to prove that, hey, I'm the right kind of Republican, meaning I'm a Trump Republican, I'm a uh, you know, election denying Republican. I, I don't know what kind of Republican he is. I mean, probably next year he'll be an independent or a Democrat, depending on how the wind blows. Um, but the re- but the reality of it is uh, putting those things back on the platform uh, it juxtaposition with the argument that he's all about free speech um, really undermines the central some of the central tenets of. Okay, there's a lot there. Uh, Before I get to the last line, which was idiotic, let me just say that that show is the breast show on MSNBC. Connor liked that one. You got it? It was the breast show on MSNBC. Really titillating, you know? Um, So somehow this man who once was sane, I've interviewed Michael Steele. We used to text every now and again. Uh, he He was a decent guy. Actually, I interviewed him back in, I think, 2015. He was one of the first guys explaining to me why Trump was the real deal and the frustration with the American people and everything else. We're gonna leave Clyde in here, just let him be. I've been told I have to leave Clyde, even though he's making some noise, I gotta leave him in here as to not upset the kids right now. Um, But he clearly now, he's an MSNBC contributor and what he said there at the end, in essence, was that free speech, meaning telling people what's really going on, releasing these files, is somehow anti-free speech. absolutely incredible. But if you want incredible, here is a leftist activist who is uh, on MSNBC all the time. Her name is Brandy Zadroni. I think she's called me a racist once or twice. Uh, And she's got an interesting take on the Twitter files. When that came out, we now know it was a really helpful thing, actually, the Twitter files today, because we got to see how content moderation works. We got to see how when a group of people with differing political ideas and ideologies and views gets together in the spirit of making a platform safe and healthy and right before an election, right when we knew we had just learned of like the hack and leaks and WikiLeaks and all the stuff that that did to hurt um, and to affect the 2020 election, the 2016 election in 2020, they were heightened, right? People were trying to do the right thing inside Twitter. All right, everything she said there was pure BS and nonsense. First off, when people with differing views come together, her implication is that the Twitter trust and safety team, that they had a diverse set of people there. Now, they may have had a diverse set when it came to skin color and sexuality. I assume they had some girls with penises and boys with vaginas, that sort of thing. And that's very exciting when you're going through content moderation. You go, well, what kind of genitals do you have? I don't know, what kind of genitals do you have? But they obviously didn't have intellectual diversity on the board deciding. And then she goes on and on to talk about the hacks and the leaks related to WikiLeaks. And we were finding out all this stuff. What hacks and leaks? What hacks and leaks were there? What hacks? The Hunter Biden laptop was not hacked. It was handed by a crack addict to a laptop repair guy, right? I mean, if you were a crack addict, wouldn't you at least go in and talk to the dorks over at, what are they, the nerd dorks over at Best Buy? The Geek Squad, the nerd dorks. That should be, you know. You know, but he went to like an independent laptop guy who most likely is going to look at all your stuff. At least you give it to the nerd dorks and, you know, there's other people around. Not that they're up to no good. And I'm pretty sure it was discovered that the government was even hiring the Geek Squad to look at people's info. But that's a whole separate thing. Anyway, now here's the segment uh, that I want to show you before. The, The media just gets everything wrong. And every now and again, you can go back and find beautiful moments of the lies being exposed in real time. So here's where I wanna give credit where credit is due. You remember Matt Lauer? Matt Lauer was beloved by 
mainstream media for like 20 years, hosted the Today Show. I guess he ended up harassing a couple women or something. He's gone now. Okay, fine. He was Me too is what it is. Uh, but here, he actually did a pretty freaking decent job. This is amazing. So this is video from 2016 with Matt Lauer on the Today Show asking then Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey if they censor individuals. This is, this is just spectacular. And just watch this knowing the backdrop of what we have learned over the last couple of days. So let me ask you point blank. Does Twitter censor the content of its users? Does it hide what it would consider inflammatory comments, whether they be social or political? Absolutely not. Twitter's always been about controls. People can follow whoever they want. And it's our job to make sure they see the most, the most important things and the, and the things that will matter to them. So anybody can say anything on Twitter. The company does not go in there and take certain things out that can be dangerous. Well, there's certain there's certainly tweets that promote violence, which is against our terms of service, and uh, people have controls to block and people have controls to mute. But what about the company? Who Not decides the, company. the difference between criticism and hate? These are the these are the individuals. So you can follow who you want, and if it's something you want to see, you continue to follow it. Okay, you really need to understand. I, I think that video is going to be used in a court of law against him and and the company. Not only is he lying there. Uh, because he also lies, it's very obvious that he's lying. He's basically saying, we don't do anything. You can decide what to do, meaning you can block, you can mute, you can unfollow somebody. But then he said, and this, and this is the line, if you're, if you're a lawyer interested in First Amendment and any of this stuff, tech, you, this is the line. Our job is they see the most important things. Well, if your job is that they see the most important things, by default, you're ensuring that they won't see other certain things because you're deciding what's most important. When most people got on Twitter, the idea was you are going to follow people and see a purely chronological feed with no manipulation. That's what you will see. But their job became to make sure you see the most important things. Well, that means some things aren't going to be as important. So we are manipulating. And now we know that shadow banning exists, that there were actual tools at Twitter to make sure certain people couldn't be seen or would be uh, suspended or whatever it might be, and that the government was coordinating all over it. So the reason I showed you that is because I want to give Matt Lauer credit. Matt Lauer did a fine job there. But usually what the media does is elevate people who are bad and wrong about everything. So this is, a, this is just a great video. This is the, uh, you may have heard over the, over the weekend, I'm not even gonna get into the bigger story around, around this, but Michael Avenatti, who was a media darling for a few years, uh, he was just sentenced to 14 years in prison for stealing millions of dollars from his clients. Now, this was the guy who back in 2017, you remember he was on TV every day and everybody was saying how great he was because he was gonna take out Trump and he was gonna be a big star and maybe even president of the United States. Well, he's going to jail now. But here's video of 2017 when, uh, well, everyone loved him. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare, Michael Avenatti. Joining us once again is Michael Avenatti. Let's bring in Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti, thank you very much. He's out there saving the <laughs> Look, country. Don Meacham says he may be the savior of the republic. You are something of a folk hero now. I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. I've been saying enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. I uh, am just dying to hear what you think. These people all like you. I'm the only person right here 
Donald Trump fears more than Robert Miller. We think you guys are the tip of the spear that's going to take down Donald Trump. Right. Michael Avenatti's a beast. Okay, that's true. And he, he's a beast. He's a beast. I hand it to yeah. her and I hand it to Michael Avenatti. But he has a great, bigger calling here. That being a lawyer is minimal compared to what he's doing. No one has talked tougher directly to Donald Trump on TV than Michael Avenatti. And Donald Trump is afraid to mention his name. Okay, well, he's going to jail now, and he never really did anything good. He didn't like Trump, so the media made him a hero. So the media, even though Trump, in my humble opinion, was doing a lot of good things, at least back in the day, uh, they treated him like Hitler, too, and they treated people who attacked him like they were Jesus, too. Uh, but it's not just that, and it's important that you, we go back in these videos and see these things so you remember. So just that we remember, because if we don't remember how awful they were, and now really understand that they coordinated the lies and they laundered the lies through big tech and through big corporate press and all of that stuff. If we don't remember what they did, we will always be in this perpetual slide. That is what I am trying to stop. That is why I do the show the way that I do it because I don't want to be part of that anymore. I think most of us don't want to be part of it, but until we can actually look at it, like really look at it, Chew it, taste it, masticate it. That's a word, guys. That's a word. I'm not going to be, I know it sounded like another word, uh, but I don't think we're going to be demonetized. Masticate is a word. Until we do that, we will never stop this thing. And it's still happening to this day. So you, know, you guys all know about this giant FTX scandal that this guy, Sam Bankman Freed, was basically stealing billions of dollars from regular people, celebrities, and, and the like in his, in his crypto exchange that was a complete Ponzi scheme nothingness. It was all a lie, but he was treated absolutely wonderful, wonderfully by the mainstream media. Here's video from CNBC just in this year about how great this guy is, and much like Avenatti, turns out to be a criminal. Sam Bankman fried is really becoming the industry's lifeline during a crisis lately. I'm fascinated, endlessly fascinated with Sam Bankman-Fried's role in all of this. You've been now described as the JP Morgan, if you will, of the crypto business. A lot of people called you um, the savior of crypto, the patron saint of crypto, the Michael Jordan of crypto, if you will. Sam Bankman-Fried. <laughs> Sam Bankman-Fried, the Sam JP Morgan of Fried. SBF, JPM. Do you know SBF? I think it's cool that the guy has just initials, uh, SBF. Some on Twitter calling him the hero right now of the industry. There's comparisons to Warren Buffett back in the financial crisis. Or if you go way back, JP Morgan in the panic of 1907, bailing out the banks before the Fed was even created. All right, so you got it. If you're a bad guy doing bad things, they will treat you like a king. If you are a good guy doing good things, say Donald Trump five years ago, say Ron DeSantis today, they will treat you horribly. Who else is in the midst of that right now? Well, Elon Musk, right? So if you look at Sam Bankman-Fried, he was the second largest donor to the Democrats. So you're gonna get some pretty freaking good press coverage. We just showed you some of it. Now, if you look at a guy like Elon Musk, well, he's not a Democrat. Actually, he was a Democrat his whole life, but just in the last, it's about eight months or so, uh, he is now voting for Republicans, has already come out and said he would support Ron DeSantis. So what is the Biden administration going to do? Well, they're gonna start looking into his companies, not because they know anything's wrong or that he's up to no good, but they'll find something because this is the government. Here's a tweet by Jim Jordan on just that. Jim Jordan, of course, is a Republican uh, congressman. Uh, surely it's just a coincidence that the Biden administration is investigating 
one of Elon Musk's companies at the same time Musk is releasing the truth on the Hunter Biden Twitter file. So they're looking into Neuralink right now, which is one of Musk's companies. And you remember, because we played you the video uh, about a week or so ago, Joe Biden literally said at the White House, we don't know that he's doing anything wrong, but we should look. That is kabuki theater. That is banana republic level stuff. That is not Western democracy. That is not in the American spirit. Like, oh, there's somebody doing something. We don't happen to really like what he's doing. So we will figure out a way to take him out, whether, whether there is one, a legitimate way or not. That's what our government is doing right now. Uh, but every now and again, someone in the government gets asked a good question. I would say Fox News is Peter Ducey is basically the, the rare, the rarest of the rare at the moment. Uh, here he is at the White House asking black lesbian press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, when the White House will delete their Twitter, because obviously it's run by this crazy white supremacist, mean capitalist dude who's into Republicans or something, and he's releasing information. We can't have that. So why is the White House on this thing? On another subject. When are you guys gonna delete the White House Twitter account? Why would we do that? Well, you're saying that you're keeping an eye on Twitter because it might not be a suitable platform, so why use it? Look, I wanna be very clear here. The president has always said, and he has been very very uh, clear in his belief that it is important of social media platforms to continue to take steps to reduce hate speech and misinformation. And he will continue to say that. Joe Biden, all right, all right. I was gonna be, it's the voice, I was gonna be a little mean to Joe Biden. I'm gonna try to be a little nicer than I was about to be. Um, Joe, or guys pulling Joe's strings, nobody gives an F uh, what you think about hate speech. There's no such thing in, as hate speech. We have the Supreme Court which has decided that. You are allowed to say mean things about people. The government has no right to tell a tech company or a shoe store or a barber what is allowed to be said in their stores, okay? You guys have violated the First Amendment. That is obvious and you're back on your heels. But nobody cares. It doesn't matter, Corinne Jean-Pierre, that Joe Biden has made it clear that big tech should do this. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You are yelling in a void. It does not matter. Now, I get it. There are bad people out there and bad actors out there and you can place people at Twitter like Jim Baker who can do bad things. But in the way that our system works or, is, or at least purports to work or I believe has some pieces of it that still work, it does not matter about hate speech. People say mean things to me on Twitter. They did just the past this weekend. People did say mean things to me. I interviewed Bibi Netanyahu from Israel. We're gonna get to that in a second. You know, if you say anything about Israel, these wackadoodle, all anonymous, crazy people come out and say horrible things. They do. I did not call for anyone to be banned. I blocked a couple people. That's how it is. Anyway, what this is all about really is that they're losing the narrative. Uh, so of course, what are they gonna say about the Hunter Biden story? Well, it's not even a real story. That's what they're gonna try to say now, even though we all know something is rotten in the state of Denmark. You had said, I think six or so days ago that the White House was watching um, closely the situation at Twitter after Elon Musk's ownership of it with respect to misinformation. And because these files were released um, on the basis of, you know, hack materials clause uh, at Twitter, uh, decisions were made to, to censor reporting leading up to the election. My question was, is it the White House view that these decisions were made appropriately in light of what has come out? Which decisions, by whom? By Twitter. By Twitter on, okay. So look, 
we see this as a, a an interesting or a coincidence, if I may, that uh, uh, that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Uh, that is a that is a full of uh, old news. If you think about, she's horrible. She makes Jen Psaki look like Margaret Thatcher. She really does. Uh, this is old news. This is a distraction. Um, the world's richest man buying the tech company to now show the world that the government was coordinating to silence dissent on at least the Hunter Biden laptop story. And as I said earlier, I think we're going to find out a whole bunch more, like way more when it comes to COVID and why Dr. Robert Malone and Peter McCullough were banned from Twitter, why people who said that this might be coming from a lab leak in China were banned from Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's a distraction. It's about timing. Everything they say is a lie. Everything they say is an absolute lie. And why do they lie about everything? Be it's, it's either one of two things. The most generous version is they're not very good at their jobs. They're just not very good. These people are inept and buffoons and they're all hired because of diversity or they're just generally incompetent, something like that. And I would say the more cynical version, which is probably closer to the truth, is that the modern Democratic Party as it exists with its collusion with big tech and its collusion with big corporate press is actually trying to destroy the United States of America. I don't think that that's like a great jump. These people don't like our founding. They don't like our institutions. If the Supreme Court makes a decision they don't like, they want to pack the court. They believe that you can do all of your uh, all of your legislative action through the executive branch that the, the government should, uh, the president should just be able to sign something to make it happen. They don't like this place. So maybe it is within them to do all of the things that uh, you wouldn't really want done if you did like this place. One of those things that you might want to do if you like this place is you'd secure the border. You'd say, boy, we got it pretty good here. Sort of like at my house. I have a fence that surrounds the whole house. I don't just let anyone into my property. That's my policy. I let you guys in today. And I have COVID, so <laughs> wild. Um, but we have not secured our border. Uh, and when a certain orange man tried to secure our border, they said that he was racist and all of those things. Uh, but now we know that we're having more border crossings this year than in ev any other year in modern history. Uh, and Peter Ducey, who I mentioned before, well, he asked Joe Biden about that. And just the answer, it's just, it's just so perfect. And not visit the border. Alright, so I don't know what he means about they're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise, but there are more important things going on than the border. Now, at some level, that might be true if Joe Biden was really sitting down every day and dealing with the economy stuff. And that way he was like, I just have to deal with the economy stuff, and that's it. But we know he's not. And what do you mean? What, what really is more important? A country is not a country if it does not have a border. If you cannot say these people are our citizens thus deserve the protections guaranteed by our state. And these people are not. And we can figure out how to let some more people in perhaps. And we can figure out what to do with the people who are already here. But that they refuse to even go down there and they're so dismissive of it is absolutely incredible. But let's contrast that. And here's, you know how we end the show. We try to end the show on a positive note. Let's contrast Joe Biden's leadership with what's going down here in Florida right now. This is absolutely incredible. So you know that about six weeks ago, we had uh, what Ron DeSantis described as a biblical storm. Everyone basically said this was the once in a hundred year storm. In essence, a category five hurricane hit Southwest Florida and just stopped. It basically just stopped on Sanibel and Captiva into, into Fort Myers Beach. It just stopped and wrecked incredible carnage on Southwest Florida. 
Uh, well, we've got a tweet here. This is over the weekend from Florida's Voice as to what's going on. Just in, Governor Ron DeSantis says Biden administration's FEMA denied emergency funds request, says state will provide 25 million for supplies to repair damaged homes affected by Hurricane Ian. Yeah, you got that right, guys. We've given something like at least 10 billion to Ukraine. Can I get a number on that? Is there even a number? You got a Ukraine calculator or something? Um, we have given billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine. We have no receipts. Remember I had Rand Paul on, he's just trying to get receipts. Hey guys, are we, are we buying coffee with this money? Or what, what are we doing with the cash guys? Uh, but we can find billions of dollars, but FEMA has cut, cut their help here in the state of art. 20.3 billion, thank you. 20.3 billion, that's the number that we've given Ukraine. We're, FEMA is cutting dollars to Florida. These are the leaders of the United States right now. Uh, however, here in Florida, we have America's governor and he ain't taking shit from this administration. Uh, here he is uh, saying what Florida is gonna do to pick up the slack. We're not just gonna sit there um, and, and, and take no for an answer. And so we're gonna figure out what we can do. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, we wanna cut through bureaucracy. Uh, we wanna bring relief to impacted Floridians, regardless of whether FEMA uh, wants to be a part of that. So today I'm announcing Florida will be providing up to $25 million through state funds to purchase building materials and provide those materials to verified nonprofit organizations to restore damaged homes to livable conditions so that Floridians can move back into their own home. You know, the governor actually sounds a little under the weather himself, but it's not stopping him. He is out there every single day, giving press conferences, talking to the press and doing the right thing. You know, Florida has an incredible surplus, an incredible budget surplus, despite having no state income tax. And he's saying, hey, the feds, it's just obvious guys, like you know it. If this hit California, if this hit New York, the fed is all in. The Fed and Joe Biden administration does not like Ron DeSantis. They want Florida to be punished. You may remember my interview from about a month ago with Dennis Prager, where we talked about this during, it was right in the aftermath of the hurricane. And Dennis said that he, it does not give him any great pleasure to say it, but he believes that the government would gladly harm the people of Florida if that helped them politically. So FEMA, what is their job? What is their job? It is to help these disaster areas. But in Florida, they don't want to do it. So DeSantis is going in and using the state's money. And guess what? This is why he won by 20 points. It's why he'll continue to win. And we'll see what the future holds for him. Uh, but he went on uh, to explain what his role as a leader is. And, and uh, by golly, I think we need a little of that. You don't win by 1.5 million votes unless you're doing an agenda that a lot of people buy into. That's just the, the honest truth. And so what I do, what I do is uh, I let my actions speak. You know, I'm not always out there commentating on social media, doing this, doing that. I know there's some that think that, that that's, some in the media think you have to be constantly glued to your computer all day. That's not how I live my life. That's not leadership. Leadership is about setting the vision and then producing results. And so our actions are really what matters. And I think if you look at our actions, uh, our actions have been very strong, they've been very thorough, and we've delivered uh, historic results for the people of this state. And you know what? We've only just begun. Thanks everybody. Competency, clarity, I'm not gonna be distracted. I'm gonna do what you guys voted for me to do. Uh, and by the way, I just got <laughs> reelected by a landslide and this is just the beginning. Ain't it refreshing, ain't it refreshing. And, and really screw the, the people at FEMA 
and the administration who decided on this decision. We, we just don't need your help here, but uh, that, you, that you put politics above these people's lives, it's disgusting, but we don't expect much more from you. But I wanna continue on that thread of good leadership because you know the other thing that's happening right now uh, is that there is a battle for the RNC chair. Uh, this is the Republican Council chair, which has been run by uh, Ronna McDonald, uh, sorry, is it Ronna McDaniel? Uh, Ronna McDaniel. Uh, and a lot of people don't like her. They feel like she's just not, look, we can look at the re uh, results of the midterms. You know, the wave did not happen. Republicans got Congress, which is big. It's important. Biden will be stymied a lot for the next two years. But clearly there, there is this internal fight of whether uh, Trump is going to lead this thing or not. Anyway, Harmeet Dillon, Harmeet, who I've had on the show several times before. She's a friend. Uh, she is a phenomenal First Amendment lawyer. Uh, she works with Ron Coleman, who we had on the, uh, the roundtable about two weeks ago. Uh, she has been winning lawsuits against Google related to free speech. She has defended, I think she was the lawyer for the Nick Sandman case. Like she's, she's just an absolute all-star. She announced uh, just two or three days ago that she is running for RNC chair. She actually did it live on uh, Tucker Carlson. Republicans didn't do as well in the midterms as expected. And so it's fair to ask, well, whose fault is that? Uh, and a lot of people are asking that. You may have seen reports on a potential challenge to the current leadership of the Republican National Committee. And those reports suggest that our friend, frequent guest in the show, Harmeet Dillon, is considering a run against Ronna Romney McDaniel as chair of the RNC. Is that true? Well, no one would know better than Harmeet Dillon herself, chairman of the Republican National Lawyers Association, who joins us now. Harmeet, thanks so much for coming on. Is it true that you plan to run for RNC chair? Well, Tucker, I'm going to announce tonight that actually I am going to run for RNC chair. And the reason is that, you know, to play off of a famous catchphrase, Republicans are tired of losing. And I think that we really need to radically reshape our leadership in order to win. And we can't keep running elections like we did in the 90s and the 2000s. And we really have to modernize to compete with the Democrats dollar for dollar in the ways they fundraise, the way they deliver their ballots to the ballot boxes. Our messaging needs to be fresh and positive and not just reactive to news cycles and what the Democrats are doing. Good people getting involved. Harmeet is a good person and she has a track record of fighting. That goes to that track record that Ron DeSantis is talking about. You pick the fights, you, you win the fights, and then people will back you for it. She, she is a long shot because the way the RNC works, just like the DNC, I mean, it's just this endless swamp related machine. So it's a very long shot for her to actually get control of the RNC. But I think she has the right ideas that we have to match them dollar for dollar. We have to figure out how to ballot harvest if that's what they're gonna do, even if we don't wanna do it, all of those things. Uh, but really the reason I wanted to show you that is that there's always hope when good people get involved, when people stand up, when people have an idea and they don't just let that idea sit in their brain, but they start talking about it with other people and then they start acting on that. You can do incredible things. You can, you can save a state from going off the abyss. You can ensure your family's future. And in the case of uh, what I talked about with Bibi Netanyahu, uh, you can actually restore people to their rightful homeland. Uh, this is a little snippet of my interview with Israeli, twice as I described him in the intro, twice and future Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. It's also millions and millions of people, not only millions of, uh, of uh, people in Israel, millions of Jews throughout the world, but millions of, non of non-Jews who see in the story of Israel uh, a parable for humanity. Because if the Jewish people 
can overcome the most dreadful odds in history, can come back from the dead, can ford uh, this river between annihilation and salvation, uh, and build this remarkable state, then there's hope for all of humanity. What do I say? You got to have hope, right? It's like, that's right. That's right. And as screwy as things seem now, things can be a hell of a lot screwier, right? When he talks about that river, uh, what was it? Redemption and salvation. It's like amazing things can happen and things have been way worse than they are right now. And we just need more brave people to stand up and, and fight for what's right. That's what I hope you will continue to do. Uh, part two of my interview with BB will be up today. Is that right? Part two, yes, will be up today. The full thing is up at rubenreport.locals.com, uh, ad-free. Uh, as always, a couple comments from the Locals community, and then we got a cold close for you. Amy says, quick, guys, get out your masks. You know you can get COVID over the computer. Those Zoom meetings, uh, folks in 2020 showed us the way, right, when those idiots on Zoom alone in their houses were wearing masks. I just want to say we have a great healthcare plan, and as you guys know, I pay for all full healthcare, so you guys are good to go no matter what happens here. And if you, And you know what? You know what, guys? Chicken soup on me today. I'm not kidding. You guys order some chicken soup, you expense it. That's what we're going to do. Kathy says, Elon Musk is going to be the one to drain the swamp. Look, if he can't do it, nobody can. And and maybe nobody can. And maybe the thing will always exist. And maybe every now and again, we'll get little wins. And it just, but but overall, you sort of just slide in a certain way. Maybe it's something like that. Um, But that's why I wanted to play the Netanyahu clip at the end. Because as he said, a people could basically come back from the dead, right, after the ashes of the Holocaust and reconstitute their national homeland. It's like anything's possible. If you have an idea and a will to live and, and truth and justice on your side, like you can make good things happen. We're doing it right here in Florida. It doesn't mean we're doing it all over the country, but people will make their decisions as to where they want to leave and everything else. So there you go. Uh, EK says, do you think not caring what people say makes you uncancelable. I think that's a big part of it. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because when, you, when you're growing up, what they always tell kids, well, don't care what anyone thinks about you. And it's, it's a little dismissive to say that. I can now, especially as a, as a parent of two babies, like I think about now, what am I gonna say to them as they get older and pressures come with this and that or friends say mean things to them or whatever, whatever it might be, you know? Um, and it's like, you can't just say to them, well, don't care what anyone thinks. It's not, it's not that easy. Like that's kind of right to some degree, but it's more right. It's more like if you really know what you think and why you think it, well, then you shouldn't care, you know? And then, because then when someone says something crazy to you, you won't go nuts. You, it won't crush you to your core. One of the reasons that the left is so triggered and outraged these days and everything is an affront to their truth is because they don't know why they believe what they believe. They just know they believe it. And that is not enough. So I think not caring is a huge portion, but I can't sit here as a, as a 46-year-old adult that's got a decent thing going on on this earth. Like, I can't tell you that I simply don't care what people say about me, right? Like, sometimes people write nice things about me and I'm like, boy, that, that, that's nice. And sometimes they say mean things and I, well, I wish they didn't do that. But I think it's a big component, letting a lot of it go. You're in control of your mind and your emotions and all that stuff. And if you can, if you can own that, man, that's your force field. And then, yeah, sure, every, it's not gonna be endlessly impenetrable. But then, you know, if you picture yourself and picture a force field around you and you're, you're under attack all the time and maybe a real freaking nuke bomb is gonna hit it and, and some stuff's gonna get through, and you'll, but you'll be able to deal with it. 
but most of the BS that's gonna come your way, it's gonna hit that force field and, and it won't hit you. Uh, guys, if you have not subscribed, please do on rumble.com slash rubenreport and rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, part one of my interview with Bibi Netanyahu is up right now. Part two will be up later today. And as I said earlier, uh, the full thing is up ad-free at rubenreport.locals.com. I have to say, guys, 55 minutes into this show, COVID, I don't think I had any major screw-ups. I don't think I uh, choked on my own phlegm. And uh, how much more could you ask for a, for a program of this nature? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, guys, we leave you, I think this is a fitting way to leave you, uh, Dennis Prager on Courage. Courage is the rarest of the good traits in human beings. And it is the one upon which all the others are dependent because without courage, kindness and integrity and all these other wonderful things don't, don't amount to much because the world demands courage on, on every plane in life. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.